Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hey, it's back to school week for a lot of schools. And just in time, because we've got a great guest, we're going to talk a lot about education issues, about school choice, a conversation really that's been growing for quite some time. And you're going to be hearing a lot more about it, not only today, but through next year and when we hit next legislative session. But hope you're having a great week. Hope the kids got back into school. I know my kids went back to school this week. We've got a great back to school piece on our blog, as a matter of fact. If you want to take a look at that, we also sent that out by email. Um, look, the majority of kids, the vast majority of kids go to public school in the state of Texas. It's important for people to know what their rights are, their religious freedom rights, the parental rights. And there's a lot of new laws. There's a big article out about how now in God we trust is state law to have that um, displayed somewhere in Texas public school classrooms. And so a lot of good conversation finding uh, about that. But once you make sure the kids have all their supplies and all that, and you're like, wait a minute, what are the new rules and what are our new laws? Go to our blog post, check the email if you got it from us. Great back to school piece. We've got it on social media. And, you know, Rook, a timely opportunity to talk about school issues. And if you're watching on Facebook, I'm going to go ahead and share this um, to my feed as well. You're going to want to be a part of this conversation today uh, and, and see what we're talking about, because, look, I mean, even if you don't have kids in public school or you're homeschooled or whatever the case may be, I think there's a lot of reasons for us to care about what's happening as taxpayers, what's happening in our state and in the education environment. And someone who's a big part of that conversation is our guest today. Corey DeAngelis is the senior fellow at American Federation for Children. He's got his PhD from the University of Arkansas, but also master's and undergrad degree from the University of Texas San Antonio, where he is from originally, but he's all over the country, right? I see it. What is the, uh, what is the, the mascot for UTSA? Corey, welcome. Well, we'll, let you, we'll get into some football talk in just a minute since it is about football season. Corey, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Yeah, totally. Beep, beep, go runners. Yeah, is it? That's what I thought it was. The uh, Roadrunners. uh, Road Runners or whatever. I I see some catchy uh, uh, hand signs that they're throwing out there because my son plays high school football and he kind of sees what some other athletes and teams and programs are doing. A lot of fun that they've got down there in San Antonio. Uh, but it's good to have you on the program. And a lot of people see you around the country. They may not realize you've got this connection to Texas, um, and they see you active on social media. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in the education issues. Yeah, totally. So I grew up in San Antonio, Texas. My dad was actually in the Air Force. So I spent most of my life growing up in San Antonio. I went to government run schools all through K through 12 in San Antonio, Texas. And in fact, in high school, I had the opportunity to go to something called a magnet school, which is still run by the, the district but it's a school of choice in that you're not residentially assigned to magnet schools. They can have admission standards and you can choose the, the school. So they don't have a, a huge problem with monopoly power like you do with a lot of other schools where you, you live in one place and you have to go to this particular institution. So that was my first experience with school choice for myself. I thought it was a good opportunity for me. And I think other families should have the same kinds of opportunities to go to schools uh, to send their children to, to educational institutions that best meet their child's needs in whatever way possible. 
After that, I went to the University of Texas, San Antonio, did my bachelor's and master's in economics, which really opened my eyes to the problems with monopolies. And there is a, a, a large degree of monopoly power that is associated with the traditional school system in Texas and in other places all across the country. I mean, just imagine if you didn't like your grocery store um, that, that you attended or, or that, it, that you uh, shopped at. And in order to go to another grocery store, you had to move houses to be assigned to another grocery store. That wouldn't make any sense. And the grocery stores wouldn't really have a strong incentive to meet your needs. You'd probably have food poisoning each week and it would probably be really expensive because of that monopoly power. We see the same kind of problem with the school system because of residential assignment and compulsory funding through the property tax system. Uh, and then after that, like you said, I did the uh, PhD at the University of Arkansas where my first study looked at the Milwaukee school choice program and how that reduced crime later on in life. We were able to look at individual student level data until they were about 25 to 30 years of age. And those students were significantly less likely to commit crimes later on in life after uh, comparing to students, similar students in the public school system. So that is kind of my background with school choice. And now I'm at the American Federation for Children. I've been associated with Cato Institute and Reason Foundation as well. And I really got into this from my experience with school choice, but then also as a researcher looking at the effect, positive effects of these programs. And now I'm an advocate. Well, I look and, and we've crossed paths a few times. Um, I know that you've been involved in this work for some years. I know it's something that seems to come up every legislative session. There's discussion about it. There's sometimes uh, legislation that looks like it has a chance. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. And a lot of different factors. And I want to get into some of that in just a minute. But I also want to talk a little bit about maybe some of the current motivating factors. Right. And so, you know, we've had Supreme Court cases on the school choice issue, there was one really this past term out of Maine that made it really clear that there aren't some of those restrictions when it relates to religious freedom. If there is a government program that relates to giving parents choice to decide where they're going to send their kids, and that's important for the state of Texas, obviously around the country, but sort of reiterating some things that we saw several years ago when the Supreme Court weighed into these issues. But, you know, it's one thing if the Supreme Court says it's OK to do it, it's legal. It's another thing if you've got to go through the legislative process and convince a whole lot of other people to do it as well. But there's been some a lot of activity in this area. And I want to do two things in, in this portion. Talk to us a little bit about some of the success you've had in other states and what some of the discussion is like. That's, you know, because frankly, whether it's Texas or other states, the school choice issue is something that it's not a, you know, something that just sort of happens or is a 100 percent issue. There are some differing opinions. And so I think it's been something more recent. There's been a little bit more success. So tell us a little bit about your experience on that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an amazing time to be a school choice advocate right now. The wind is at our backs. We just had that Supreme Court victory uh, last a couple of months ago in June. Uh, of this year, making it clear that if you're going to have a school choice program, one, you can't discriminate against religious families and, school, and schools at the same time. And then also, uh, they made it clear that school choice is not a problem with the establishment clause, or what most people refer to as the so-called separation of church and state, which you can't find in the U.S. Constitution. But school choice, it doesn't violate the establishment clause for the same reason that Pell Grants don't violate the establishment clause. These higher education scholarships you can take to 
public or private universities. You could take a scholarship even to a religiously affiliated university, and that's not a problem with the Pell Grant. It doesn't establish a state religion. And the ma main reason that it's not a violation of the Establishment Clause is that the money goes to the student and you can pick between public and private, religious and non-religious providers. The same goes for K through 12 uh, education savings accounts or other school choice mechanisms where the money, the primary beneficiary is the family, and then they can choose between public and private, religious and non-religious providers. The, the funding follows the decision of the individual family unit. Same thing with pre-K programs. You can use them, the taxpayer funding at, at uh, private religiously affiliated pre-K providers if you want, and that's not a violation of the establishment clause. So we're, well, we're getting in the courts. Yeah, okay. there's an important court case. To, you know, and, and there shouldn't have been a lot of uh, question about this, but, you know, you do have new members of the Supreme Court. And so for them to really confirm that, and, and I think they really strengthened a lot of those areas of religious freedom that maybe some people thought were in question before. We're talking with Corey DeAngelis. He is a senior fellow at American Federation for Children, one of the most active and well-known voices across the country on the school choice issue. And as a matter of fact, you can see him in person at our policy forum, September 23rd and 24th. He's going to be there along with someone that he spent some time with recently, Kevin Roberts from Heritage Foundation. Uh, we still have tickets available September 23rd and 24th in the northwest part of Austin. We have an incredible lineup. And, and one of the reasons why is because Corey's going to be a part of it as well. So you don't want to miss that chance to, uh, to to come to the event, get to meet him in person and see what, what the conversation looks like then. But Corey, speaking of Texas in this event we're having, we've got people from the national, state and local level that are going to be speaking at this event. You've had some success lately in other yeah. states. Tell us about some of those states where that's occurred and, and what's happening with parents that I think is helping this momentum or, you know, be in a better position for that success. Yeah, the wind is at our backs and there's a parent revolution happening right now all across the country. The latest Real Clear Opinion Research polling has found that 72% of Americans support school choice, which was up eight percentage points since April of 2020. So parents got to see what was going on in the classroom when the schools closed all across the country starting in March of 2020. Families who thought that their kids were in great uh, so-called public schools, whether it was because they were A-rated by the state or it was because uh, their kids had good grades on the report cards, started to see that there was another dimension of school quality that was arguably more important which is whether that school's values was aligned with the family's values. And some parents started to see that, uh, oh my gosh, for the first time that the schools weren't just doing education, they were in some cases participating in indoctrination. And that really mobilized parents to push back. In Texas as well, the Republican primary ballot in March of 2022 had a question, a ballot proposal on the issue of school choice. And 88% of the Republican primary voters in March of 2022 in Texas supported the school choice ballot proposition, which was up nine percentage points since I last saw that it was asked on the ballot in Texas in 2018 when 79% of Republican primary voters in, in Texas supported school choice. So there's been a surge those, those across are, the country and in Texas. Now those are some strong numbers. We're talking with Corey DeAngelis. He is senior fellow at American Federation for Children, also one of the most uh, widely recognized voices and names when it comes to the school choice issue. What are some of the states recently where there's been some legislative success and some movement on these issues? Well, it's happening all across the country. In 2021, we're calling that the year of school choice because 19 states expanded or enacted programs to fund students as opposed to systems. 
And just uh, yesterday, I was in Phoenix, Arizona, because Governor Doug Ducey uh, ceremonially uh, had a ceremony of a uh, bill signing to allow every single family to take their child's taxpayer-funded education dollars to the education provider they're choosing. That could be the public school if you want, but if not, you could take that funding, which is about $7,000 per student in Arizona, to a private school, a charter school, or a home-based learning option, including a, mic a micro school or what some people were calling these uh, pandemic pods over the past couple of years. So the teachers unions really overplayed their hand all across the country and families have woken up and they're never going back to sleep. They're pushing back. They're holding politicians accountable in elections. They're holding them accountable in the primaries as well. We saw this happen in Texas and in other states. But politicians are starting to listen to parents, this new special interest group that has emerged who are just want more of a say in their kids' education. And I'm glad to see uh, Governor Abbott has been leading more forcefully than I've ever seen him lead on this issue before. In May of 2020, he called at an event for school choice to have the state funding follow every single child to the public charter or private school of their choosing. And uh, look, Texas Senate had already passed an education savings account program bill in 2017, even before it was cool to do so, even before the COVID pandemic kind of sparked this parent uprising. Um, and, and so uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens this legislative session in Texas. It's one of the top eight legislative priorities for the Texas GOP. It's a Republican party platform issue. And Arizona just passed this with the slimmest of majorities. They have a one seat re Republican House and Senate and obviously the governor's office. And they just went all in empowering every single family. They had every single Republican show up, vote for the party platform issue. And now every single family in Arizona is going to have that choice. It's not, it's not limited based on uh, your background or your income levels. This is the gold standard of educational freedom. And I'm hoping more states will engage in friendly competition. And I think Texas is an obvious next pillar to fall, especially when you have much stronger Republican majorities. Yeah, I think the Texas House has almost 60% well, Republicans. Some, some may say, right? It just depends on, on the quality. And you find out, right? When bills come to the floor or they go through the committee, then you're going to find out what people really believe. They'll say, they'll say a lot of things on the campaign trail. And sometimes, you know, they'll get up here at the Capitol and they'll do something different or they'll find ways to sort of avoid taking votes because uh, they're not really with you on the issue. So, we're going to find out real well, we're soon. Watching, I think. We're all watching. The whole nation yeah. is all eyes on Texas this session. Look, after after the similar bill passed the Texas Senate in 2017, with almost all Republicans in favor, it quietly died in the House in 2017. And not a lot, not a lot of people were taking note of what was going on besides school choice advocates and some parents who wanted to use the program. But now the entire nation is watching what's happening in Texas, whenever Governor Abbott says something positive about it, there's tons of national media talking about it. Um, and so the whole nation is gonna be watching very closely. And uh, I think politicians understand that this session, that parents are paying attention. The parents are mobilized more than they've ever been before. They are a new special interest group in town and they're never going away, no matter how many times members of the establishment want to label them as domestic terrorists, which we saw with the Biden administration, including with the National School Board well, Association. Well, and look, we see the, the Biden administration trying to insert itself in the public schools, trying to use the Department of Education or different executive orders that 
uh, policies the Biden administration could never get through Congress, but they're trying to push through some other um, source or some other method that they think they have um, at the White House to force schools to accept things that once parents find out are furious about it. And so that is putting more pressure and highlighting a lot of the concern and reasons for, for parents to say, you know, look, I want options, you know, and, and I should. I should have those options. The Supreme Court says that I constitutionally have these options. And so why is the legislature in the way, if you will? Um, so you mentioned Governor Abbott. Uh, you made a little bit of you know, news when you spent some time with the governor. And I'm not going to ask you to get into all the details of, of the conversations that y'all had, but I'd love to hear, you know, based on that experience, interaction with him and what you've seen in the past, um, what it looks like for Texas and maybe what's, what are some of the, the key reasons or elements that you think now there's an opportunity for success where in the past things just haven't worked out well? Yeah, I mean, the media kind of freaked out about just a po picture I posted of us shaking hands uh, during that meeting with Governor Abbott. I think one of the media outlets called me an aggressive national school choice advocate. And I don't know, I'm not a very aggressive guy. You've been talking to me this whole time. I'm I'm pretty uh, logical guy and uh, not not very aggressive, but it, maybe assertive or maybe they could have used a different word. I, I mean, but they're... It, they're scared. They're worried. I mean, I just yeah, they, think they know what that picture they see means. what's they happening across the country. They know what the picture means. And uh, I'll just tell you, coming out of that meeting, I feel great about how that meeting went with Governor Abbott. He is on board. He supports parental rights in education. He supports school choice. We saw in January during the campaign trail, he said at a at a GOP event that uh, you're going to see the 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 swiftest, most powerful. Uh, push for school choice in Texas history. He said that in January. After my meeting with him, I believe that is going to happen in Texas this coming session. It's a GOP top eight priority platform issue. Um, there's a lot of staunch supporters of educational freedom in the legislature in Texas as well. They're going to be fighting as hard as possible, more than they ever have before in Texas history. So I'm feeling good about it. The national wind is at our back. There's friendly competition and going on in other states. This is a Republican Party issue in Texas and nationally. The ballot on the ballot in Texas, we saw this nine percentage point jump since 2018. Things have changed. It is not 2017 anymore. Parents have woken up. They've seen another argument for school choice, which is they want to well, be able to take their kids to schools that align with their values. And it's going to happen in Texas. We're going to free every single family from the clutches of the school system once and for all. And there's well, nothing they can do about it. Well, and I think sometimes um, one of the concerns or things that happens is when the media senses that parents and the public are having a little bit more say and they can't control them. That's when the liberal media starts to get nervous and they know those indicators are all around us, that there's a lot of attention and a lot of concern and a lot of discussion about actually having some success on some school choice issues this time around. And so... Um, and I think I'm having a little bit trouble with my internet connection. I might use my another connection if we look okay, but I think I've lost Corey. Uh, I can hear you frozen. a little bit. Um, I, think maybe, it's, all right. I, I think it's on okay, your I can end. hear Corey, but I think his, at least in my, from where I can see him, his, his, okay, now I think we have him back. <laughs> so, um, but look, I mean, you know, I imagine we're going to see you in Texas a little bit more um, during the legislative session. But if you want to see Corey in person, 
Come to our event September 23rd and 24th. This is the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum, the largest faith and family educational event in Texas this year, and it's going to be in northwest part of Austin. We have a tremendous group of speakers. We want to bring you good information. Let's have these conversations. There'll be lawmakers there so people can talk and interact on these important issues. And Corey's one of the most recognized voices on this, so he's going to have a lot of inside experience from other states and some good research, too, um, on these issues. And so, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe we'll take in a football game while you're here. Does UTSA play that day on Friday and Saturday, twenty third? I, I I have no idea, but we'll uh, have to check the schedules. <laughs> <laughs> and we always got to be mindful of college football schedules in the fall when we do events because um, you know things sort of a lot of attention gets focused around that. Uh, but we'll have some fun with it that day. As a matter of fact, Coach Kennedy is going to be one of our speakers, the football coach who was fired for. Uh, taking a knee and praying at the 50-yard line at his high school, that's going to be a tremendous segment. And so there'll be a lot of discussion around the education issue and the importance of parents being able to exercise that freedom. And so, Corey, I know you know a lot about that issue. We're looking forward, looking forward to seeing you in Austin um, in about five or six weeks. And uh, it was good to have you today as our guest on the Texas Values Report. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to the event. All right. Well, that was a great conversation with Corey. There's much more that I know he could talk about, but, you know, just a little sample of what you're going to hear at our policy forum, what you're going to hear about in the next four to six months, if you will, as we lead into the legislative session. And certainly there's going to be a lot of talk about it. You know, Corey brought this up. I didn't want to interrupt him, but you do oftentimes see the Texas Senate. They will pass these type of measures. Then something gets over to the House and you wonder what happened, right? I mean, they don't take a vote on it. Maybe it doesn't get a committee hearing. It quietly dies. Sometimes it, you know, it's not all that quiet either when some of those bills die that go over to the House. And so I know there'll be a lot of discussion and they'll still have to get things done in the Senate. I mean, they got to start over and get things done. But I do think the lieutenant governor and his leadership uh, uh, has been very clear. I mean, Dan Patrick's been really strong on the school choice issue for many years and is very vocal about it. And so you know, I can't say it's a done deal, but I mean, I think it's fair to expect that the Senate is going to be ready to move on some school choice issues. The question will continue to be what the House is going to do. And we don't know who those House members are going to be. We don't know some of the Senate members either, but some of those elections, we have a pretty good idea. But there are a lot of House elections, a lot of new candidates running. It's going to be what um, we're going to know a lot more after November 8th. Don't forget about November 8th. You're thinking a lot about the governor's race, the federal elections. Don't forget about some of those Texas House and Senate seats. As a matter of fact, we're going to be a part of an event up in North Texas um, in October. We'll release more information at Prestonwood. We're going to have a great candidate event. But come out to our Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum September 23rd, 24th. The ticket sales are starting to heat up. We announced U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, Attorney General Ken Paxson, of course, Corey DeAngelis, the president or CEO, executive director of Heritage Foundation, our good friend, Kevin Roberts, who worked in Texas for many years as the head of Texas Public Policy Foundation. I mentioned Coach Kennedy. Remember the woman who had her office firebombed in Wisconsin because she's pro-life and leads a pro-life organization like ours? She's going to be here. Julaine Appling, she leads the Wisconsin Family Policy Group that is similar to what we do uh, for the state of Wisconsin, what we do in Texas. She's one of uh, an ally of ours and a, a partner that we work with uh, quite often. And Kristen Hawkins from Students for Life, 
we also have Father Frank Pavone from Priest for Life. I mean, if you talk about the life issue, school choice, religious freedom, marriage and family, we've got uh, Brandon Showalter from Christian Post. If you haven't seen what he's written and some of the things he's talked about, about what's happening when kids are forced to go through a so-called gender transition, the surgeries, the devastation, the heartache after the fact, and when uh, these people go through some of these issues and later on realize there's no turning back, you don't want to miss it. We're going to be we're going to be talking about that gender modification issue. So really some of the most well-known, important and influential voices on these issues that we work on day in and day out, they're going to be at our event. I'm super excited about it, as you can tell, but this event will sell out and we want a huge crowd at this event. All right. So we're trying to make it affordable for you and your family. Check our website. We've got a lot of great details on that at txvalues.org. And we're trying to bring you some great guests at an affordable cost. This is not a fundraising event. This is an educational event. This is to bring some of the most important voices and issues in front of you. You can meet these people in person. You want to come to the dinner with Senator Ted Cruz, come to the VIP reception, spend a little time. That might cost you a little bit more, okay? I'm going to be honest with you on that, but it will be worth it, all right? We're going to have a nice dinner with Senator Cruz, and this is a two-day event. On Friday, it's from 1 to 5. And on Saturday, it's from about 9.30 to 4 um, on September 23rd and 24th at Great Hills Baptist Church right here in Austin, Texas. Um, and I think we've got one or two other guests that have not confirmed. When they do confirm, you better be sure you already have your ticket, okay? I'm just letting you know ahead of time because once we announce some of these other speakers that we're waiting to hear back from, sales are going to go through the roof, and I don't want you to be left out in the cold watching through the windows, okay, at Great Hills Baptist Church. But I, I say that to you, you wanna bring great value. And we've worked really hard to find some of the great speakers and to, to let them know it's a priority to come to Texas. And so they can meet some of the great people here and you can get some of that great information. And, and the event is for people of all ages. We really try to make it family friendly. Some of the topics we talk about on the life issue and gender modification, they can get a little, you know, a little tough to hear. So we'll do our best to give you a version uh, um, on these issues that takes that into account if kids are in the audience. But some things, you know, it, it, in order to for you to know exactly what's going on, the some of that subject matter is going to be a little bit hard to hear. So we'll we'll be sensitive to that if there are kids in the audience, but also want to bring you good information. You think about that, and we want you to bring your family there and be a part of it. I think early bird price is $25 and it includes lunch, two-day event and lunch. I mean, good luck finding that price anywhere else for the group of speakers that we're going to have without a doubt. Um, and look, maybe you just want to donate to the event. You want to help us uh, support our cost or you see value in what we're doing. Go to our website, txvalues.org. Make that tax-deductible donation today. That's how we continue to have these events and that's how we continue to, to be able to uh, bring success and be an advocate and a voice on these issues. Speaking of a voice, on August 30th, the State Board of Education is going to take a vote on some of the things that we've talked about, what they're going to stop stop teaching. Are they going to stop teaching more about Moses and In God We Trust and instead teach more about LGBT and critical race theory? A lot of it's up to you. Make those phone calls to your State Board of Education. We've got a great blog post about this. There's still time to take action. And look, we moved recently. I haven't really got to talk a whole lot about that. So we have taken in some additional costs. 
Um, we put the studio back together, a lot of good stuff. But look, um, you know, kids are back to school. You're back in your usual schedule. Take a look at that checkbook and that account. See if you can support us. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And that's how we'll continue to protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.